Hello, and welcome again to the Sleep in a Real podcast. I'm your host, Seth Davis, and I'm delighted to be joined today by my colleague at Sleepably, pediatric sleep consultant, Sarah Nudd. Sarah is a rock star who works with parents to help their children sleep better, and she has lots of uh, great experience with, with improving families, um, overall well-being, and helping kids to finally get the rest they deserve. So, Sarah, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Well, thanks, Seth. That was a very kind introduction. I'm sure. happy to be here. So um, I, have to, I often get asked myself, what is a sleep coach? I'm an adult sleep coach. Um, but would you like to describe what a pediatric sleep consultant is and what services that you offer to families? Absolutely. So I think one of our like, biggest roles, right, as sleep consultants is we really just help to build healthy and sustainable sleep habits for for families, for people, for babies, for children. Um, so it's really just kind of identifying where families are struggling and, you know, kind of like what modifications that we need to make um, in order for them to finally get the sleep that they've been either missing out on or even like some families that I work with, right? Like, you know, they'll tell me like, oh, my five-year-old never slept. And so like five years without sleep. Um, it is a long time to to have some like interrupted sleep. So um, it just kind of depends on um, what the family's goals are and um, kind of how we support um, them to to find that sleep. Sure. Okay. And what what ages do you tend to work with? So I will work from newborn really through age twelve. Um, and so really just, again, I mean, the the sleep issues for that whole range, right, are so different. Um, you know, for like your infants, obviously it's going to be, you know, kind of like um, finding that sleep, that sweet sleep spot with like naps and wake windows and overnight wakes and feeds and, and, and all of that. Um, and then your, your toddlers and preschoolers, um, a lot of that is like bedtime resistance and, and middle of the night wakings and kind of like um, a lot of those kids who will have um, kind of, uh, let's see where they, they need mom or dad or someone. Um, in order to fall asleep or stay asleep. So kind of working on that. Um, and then your school age kiddos, really, um, it kind of depends, right? Sometimes we will have like bedtime resistance. Um, sometimes we'll have like middle of the night wake issues. Sometimes we'll just have early risers, right? Um, where they are just consistently waking up at like four in the morning, which is way too early. Um, but they are wide awake and, and ready to start the day, but nobody else is. So it's really just kind of figuring out what is like the root cause of these sleep issues. What is an appropriate expectation? Um, sometimes I'll work with families, right? Who let's let's go with like a four month old baby, um, and you know the expectation going into it is you know that they should be like sleeping all all through the night, no feeds, no wakes, and sometimes um, you know kind of just depending on where the baby's at as far as like weight gain. Sometimes that just may not be a realistic expectation. So sometimes it's also just kind of supporting the, the family's expectation of what's like normal and, and what should be um, like happening where the baby's at developmentally. So it just all kind of runs the, the gamut there for reals. Sure. And that's how that's I'm, that's what kind of amazes me about what you do is that, you know, you are able to segment these different age groups and kind of, you know, formulate plans for each age group. But I know that, you know, with those kids who are, you know, in the five to 12 year old age range, there's just not a lot of. Um, support out there for them. You know, there's a lot of, you know, baby and toddler sleep support, but not a lot out there for five to 12 year olds. So I think it's, it's great that you're able to offer something for those kids as well, because I know a lot of those parents, you know, they kind of struggle and what, what do we even do about this? What is there? So I'm glad that you're out there helping with that. 
And I, I think I found too, like a lot of those parents and families just feel really alone and isolated. And I, f- I feel like there's a lot of shame um, around more wakeful sleep patterns with older kids. Um, like you said, right, it's pretty like normal. There's so many like support things and, and literature and and like, you know, social media support and, and websites and blogs for like baby sleep and toddler sleep. Um, but for these school age kiddos who are struggling, it's super hard for the parents and for the kiddos, right? Um, because they are able to to verbalize and and actualize that they're having issues with sleep. And they the, the bigger the kiddos, um, it's it's super cool, right? Because they are able to to rationalize I'm, I'm having sleep troubles. I'm re- I'm frustrated with myself. My parents are frustrated with me. It, and then we're able to you know kind of get their buy into the program. Um, and and we can see that transformation, right? Where like you know they. They start out just having like horrible sleep issues. They're they're frustrated. And then as we progress through the program, then the bigger kiddos are able to verbalize and be like, oh my God, I am sleeping. And like they are just as excited about their success as I am. Um in parents, obviously, too. Um, but yeah, it's it I love working with that population, um, just to offer them like the support that they need, the coaching that they need, and to see everyone finally sleeping. Um, it, it's awesome. It's like I love what I do. Okay. I love that. It's always nice to have, have rewarding outcomes when you work with people and just kind of feel that, feel that feeling of you, you know, you've changed, you made a change in this person's life. And especially for, for kids, you know, that you're teaching them skills or teaching them things that they might keep with them for the rest of their lives so that they'll, you know, they have these tools to you know, always rest well and growth and development when they're younger. And then when they're older to kind of maintain and protect their sleep. So. Yeah, it's it's a big gift you're giving them. And I tell you what, there's like a pretty cool ripple effect, too. So, for example, right now I'm working with a family. Um, it's a seven year old who has had a pretty, you know, kind of long history of, of wakeful sleeping patterns. Um, she's able to fall asleep pretty efficiently, you know, at bedtime. Um, and that but then consistently at the same time, every night she comes into her parents room. She worm shares with her her younger sibling, and and now that we're we're about three weeks in, she's actually teaching and kind of coaching her younger brother. Right? She's like, "Well, I'm doing this, and and you should try this, and like this isn't this cool." And so it, it's super cool to see that ripple effect that she is not only like kind of learning these skills for herself, but she's also teaching her younger brother. It's super cute. I love it. That's amazing. I can only imagine how. How the parents feel to see that too, where you know it's seeing the whole trickle down effect. Absolutely, and I think you know as you know the kids get older, right? I think if parents were to have you know just like they wake up in the morning and they've got you know like their five year old or or their their toddler, you know, kind of like laying either like at bedside on the floor near them, no big deal, right? But it's when the the kiddos need the parent um, to like either return them to their bed or to do you know like a song or a back scratch or a back rub or to hold hands or, you know, kind of just like whatever that that's kind of support of intervention in order to support their kiddo to fall back asleep. But that can also be super disruptive for the parent's sleep. Um, and, and like, you know, kind of just like that cohesive, um, you know, pattern for, let's say, you know, like couples and, and partners, um, it's it's can be super challenging so it's it's rewarding in all the aspects right for the kids and for the families and um for for mom and dad and caregivers themselves so sure yeah and just to expand on that i've seen 
some of the reviews, the online reviews that people have given you after working with you and just some of the comments about, you know, we finally have our date nights back or we're finally able to connect as a couple again. So um, yeah, the, the rewards are not just for the, the kids who are sleeping well, but also for as you said, the caregivers, the adults. And, you know, coming from someone who has two children myself, I know that, you know, when they're not sleeping well or when things are going on, it's easy to just lose that, that time, to, you know, lose your me time. So the time to unwind in the evening, the time to get your own sleep and rest, but also for, um, you know, to connect with your partner, which is also very important. And I you know, just feel everything feels more stressful when you're not, when you're disconnected and don't have me time. And I think something that has been applicable really for all the age groups, right, is sometimes, um, well, it's pretty common, actually, um, each parent will have their own routine as far as, you know, going in to address, let's say, like, in honestly, all the age groups, um, like babies, toddlers, preschoolers, school-age kiddos, um, each parent will have their own intervention for going in to, to help a, a wakeful kid, right? Um, and then a lot of the times both um, caregivers are on the different pages, right? They may be in the same book, but they're in different pages. And so then, um, you know, there's become some confusion on expectations um, for for the kiddo when they do wake up, right? Am I going to get mom who's going to, you know, do fill in the blank? Or am I going to get dad who's going to do fill in the blank? And then what happens, right? No matter the age group is the the child will verbalize that their expectations are not being met by by whomever and whatever. Right. And then you also get into the psych cycle, right, where you have more weak sleep patterns and and more frustrated babies, children, parents. And so one of the cool things that I love to do is just to get everyone on the same page. Right. So I really encourage both caregivers, or even if you have three caregivers, if you have a nanny or a grandparent in the house or, you know, throughout the day, um, I super encourage everyone, when you have a wakeful kiddo, we're going to do the same exact steps so that no matter what, if it's a naptime wake or a middle of the night wake, that baby or child knows exactly what to expect it's going to be very predictable, very boring. Um, and then a lot of the times, once we get everybody on the same page, we start to see um, pretty pretty efficient kind of changes that happen. So it's critical. That makes total sense. And I was, as you were saying that, I was thinking that when I work with adults, one of, my, the, one of the words that I use most commonly is consistency. With consistency with, you know, with your routines, with your schedules, with this, that the more consistent we see we have, the more your body knows what's going on, the more just everything gets easier with consistency, I feel like. So so it makes sense that you're kind of uh, preaching that to the parents as well and to caregivers. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's uh, a frequent preach. Mm -hmm. um, I think too, and I'm just speaking from experience on this one. So we have four kiddos and they, they have quite a, a bit of an age range. But um, just in my personal experience, I've found, you know, it's 2 a.m. and your kiddo is waking for whatever reason. You are exhausted, right? So like your your fuse and like your patience meter, right, just kind of is gone. Um, and so you're frustrated when you do go in to address like your wakeful child, again, no matter what age. One of my biggest things, in addition to consistency, that I advise parents and families is just to go in as like businesslike and monotone, no affect whatsoever. You're going in to, you know, kind of like offer your that child comfort and love and reassurance. 
But in the most business monotone, like gray affect that you can, because we really, you know, obviously like we don't want to, you know, offer kind of like any positive reinforcement for that 2 a.m. wake, right? Um, but we also don't want to negatively reinforce it, right? If you go in like blunted guns of blazing and just all fired up and annoyed and grumpy, that's also going to be more wakeful for your child. Um, a few, gosh, maybe like two years ago, um, I had a client who, and everyone is is going with this, with what they know, right? Like no one ever, you know, like tries to be more wakeful for their child. Um, but I started working with a family who, when they're, I think he was a preschooler. So he was like old, older. Um, when the child would wake, instead of offering that like very gray affect, right? They would go in with water guns to like shoot like water under the child. Again, like not harmful um, because like that's what they had used with like their pets um, as far as, you know, kind of tr trying to correct that negative behavior. However, um, like the water gun squirt was more wakeful to the child. And so we, we started out with just being very like gray affect and very boring when going in to address those sleep issues. Okay. And. As you're talking with this about this, it kind of I think, you know, kind of talking about the value of a sleep of a pediatric sleep consultant is partly it's probably partly um, teaching people these things that might be kind of counterintuitive to them. So you know, normally you might react by going in grumpy, like you said, or by just being overly positive reinforcing. Or and so those things, you know, they they might be what you know naturally, but they could kind of further the problem, but also. You know, we probably have learned a lot of things from perhaps our parents or from the, you know, internet forums or things that are also kind of these kind of misperceptions that are not going to be very helpful either, like water guns and, you know, things that sound like they could be useful, but might actually be making the problem worse. So it's kind of probably kind of coaching people on, on those and giving them this path. Absolutely. Okay. And then just going into it too, right? Knowing that everyone's just trying to do their best and there's no shame in this, right? Like, um, you know, everyone has like at the, the beginning, right? You're just trying to survive. You're just trying to like get your child to sleep so that you can sleep so that you can be your best parent tomorrow or your best version of self, whether it's, you know, if you're a stay-at-home mom, whether you're working, whether, you know, whatever it is that you're doing during the day, you want to be at a hundred percent capacity. And and the frustration occurs when like someone or something is preventing you from doing that. Right. And so it's all just been survival up until you know, that point. And then, right, let's let's turn that and let's flip that script and let's get, you know, the, the kiddo back to sleeping so that you can sleep too. Um, it's, there's been just a variety of, a variety of, I think, interventions and a variety of habits, whether like, you know, I don't want to say bad habit, right? But a habit that hasn't been contributing to sustainable sleep that we then began to kind of like modify and tweak those interventions as we work through the program. Um, one thing that's super important, and, uh, you know, when I initially work with clients, I kind of feel bad about asking about this, um, but I will ask the log every single night um, in an interactive sleep log so that I can see like what interventions are being used, what's working, what's not working, um, on the items that aren't working, right? Let's figure out how we can tweak that intervention so that it fits with what the family's goals are and it fits with the kiddo, right? Um, some kiddos will just not respond and or respond 
poorly to, you know, an intervention, whereas some kid, other kiddos are like, yeah, I love this. Mm-hmm. So it just really depends on, you know, the, the family's like, you know, goals and um, what works for them versus like what may work for others. Wouldn't it be amazing if there was like a one size fits all thing and we could just be like, all right, follow these steps, ABC and gear, everybody will sleep. Um, but it's not like that. So no. that would be that would be great. I think we'd probably be out of a job if that were the case. But <laughs> but yeah, everybody is, you know, kids are different, adults are different, family dynamics are different. So it's uh yeah, so that's part of the challenge is is creating this plan for people and then kind of modifying it as you go to just make it fit into their particular lifestyles. Um, so I found that with adults as well. Another, so I just wrapped up with another school age um, family, but a lot of what we worked on for them was sleep hygiene. And I feel like sleep hygiene is like such a, that term is such a buzz right now, right? But really, even for school age kiddos, like it is for adults, it's super important to kind of create that that relaxing end of day routine so that your body is able to to cool right in in temperature and in energy um and so even for school age kiddos really even for toddlers also um uh, kind of creating those healthy sleep hygiene habits are important from the beginning mm-hmm. uh, and so do you find that like with adults what is like your secret sauce for adults do you feel like it's sleep hygiene or no. So when, well, so it depends. It depends on what the person is dealing with. If they're dealing with sleep issue, like severe sleep issues, then sleep hygiene is usually not enough to solve. It's usually, uh, usually when I'm working with those people, we'll start out with kind of diving deeper and then sleep hygiene will come later on because it's just not the first priority. Um, but if it is somebody who's just, you know, they sleep okay, but they're just looking to optimize their sleep, then that's sleep hygiene. You know, we can dive in and see, okay, let's make these tweaks and that should improve it. But for people who are dealing with anxiety and stress and things like that, then simple sleep hygiene is usually not kind of the, it's not the overall solution that that's, that we, we're going for. It's not the secret sauce. Yeah. But for kids who probably, you know, many of them are not dealing with stress or anxiety or, uh, you know, or just, just all these bad, you know, things that adults have accumulated over the years, then for a lot of kids, I imagine the sleep hygiene is pretty, you know, it can, it can solve a lot of those smaller issues. A lot of it, you bet, is routine. Um, for sure. Routine, expectations, consistency, and in the morning, oh my gosh, so much value, right? And like immediate, and I think this goes for all of us, right? Um, immediate exposure to natural light. I think in the winter it can be tough just, you know, like with with different like sun exposure locations, right? But um, I encourage all of my clients, whether it's like newborn, throw school age, um, upon waking, if it's after, you know, like that I identified, it's okay to wake time. Um, absolutely. Immediate exposure to natural light if we can. Um, so that that's certainly important in helping to kind of support the circadian rhythm and just overall routine. So it's for all of us. I agree. Yep. Everybody could benefit from that. Um, what, uh, let's see. So to step back, I, we haven't officially kind of gotten your background and, you know, what made you interested in becoming a pediatric sleep consultant. So, so tell us a little about you and about your, you know, how you got to this point and your background and everything. Absolutely. So I've been a nurse, a pediatric nurse, peds only, right? Um, since 2005. So that puts us at almost 18 years. And I feel so old saying that. But 
over the last 18 years, um, I've worked in in pediatrics only, really supporting um, families, caring for, you know, like newborn through 25. Because really, you know, we we all know, right? Like, even if you're 18, you're not a true adult yet, right? Sure. Um, and so, yeah, my career has been with pediatrics. I worked um, in a college health setting as well. And then for the last 10 plus years, um, I've been working for uh, a children's hospital organization here in Colorado. Um, and then, goodness, what, Seth, like three years ago, perhaps, so, yeah. uh, I had the honor to join you and Rebecca in the sleep coaching journey. And goodness, it's been like so much fun. Um, and so I took a few certification classes um, just to really dial in on um, sleep and how to like support parents and and kind of to learn those evidence-based methods and, and see kind of like learn more about what doesn't work and what does work. Um, and then we we started, um, goodness, about three years ago, I feel like Rebecca and I did, we launched our, our, our offer and we've been kind of helping folks since then. Um, and then about a year ago, I, I took a, a step back just to kind of like reflect on on what I was doing. And it felt like a lot of what I was doing as far as like working with parents um, and primarily moms, right, was really helping to kind of like coach them um, in, in a few areas, right? But a lot of what I noticed with like the um, moms of kids who were two and younger were also undergoing a lot of like postpartum mood disorders, whether that was like anxiety, depression, um, you know, kind of any combination. And so I really started to dig in to like perinatal mood disorders. Um, and then in that kind of like rabbit hole that I found myself going into, right? Um, I then became aware of the fact that a lot of what I was doing was like a lot of like counseling and support for these parents. And so um, I then went or began uh, like my NP journey. So I'm currently a year out um, from earning my uh, psychiatry, mental health nurse practitioner degree. And I really want to focus on just supporting kind of that perinatal population. So the perinatal population, for those of you that don't know, is really kind of like the preg time of pregnancy um, through the first year after delivery. Now, the, the research is, is, is difficult for that because some will define postpartum as like the first six weeks. Um, some will say the first six months and then some will say the first year. So I'm actually going through the first two years because there's so many things that the, the parents um, are going through during that first, you know, zero to two years following delivery, um, that there's so many changes and transitions um, for both moms and dads. Um, I don't know. I feel like I told you about this, Seth, but there was a recent study um, that was published maybe within the last six months, I think, um, that dads also undergo like a lot of mood disorders following the, the birth of their, their children. But there's very, very little support there. Um, you know, they they see, you know, like the, the, the trauma that their wife goes through, um, just having that extra kind of like mental load and stress and anxiety of now having like a new person, you know, kind of involved in the mix. No matter like if you already have kids, doesn't really matter, right? There it's adds on an extra level of complexity and there's not a lot of support. So um once I started going down that rabbit hole, I was like, oh my gosh, I really want to learn you know, what all I can do to support these families. I've been supporting these families, you know, for like now almost two decades. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> um, and so, you know, I really am kind of trying to to transition from offering more like physical health um, in my my role as a nurse, and more holistic, I suppose. So offering those like mental health components as well, because it's goodness the the need is there, and families are really struggling right now, especially like post COVID big out. Um, and so that's kind of how I got started with that. I'm super excited. I've learned so much. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for 2024, my last last year here in school. So I'll be excited. Well, we'll celebrate when you when you graduate. But um, <laughs> but yeah, so you do have a very in-depth background and it's 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 cool that you you are kind of uh transitioning into just or just adding this extra big skill set to um kind of focus on this per this population that is it does seem very underserved where you know, it's just, um, yeah, I mean, that time after after birth for both, I, I imagine for both mom and dad is, I, yeah, I just remember with dad, you know, it's like, okay, so let's fit this into work. I have to, you know, help my wife, support her through this. And like you said, I've, I, I have this new little thing, that little person depending on me for life. And yeah, so um, I, it's just a stressful time all around. It's, so it's cool that you're there to help people through that, that change and I support them with sleep and with just, you know, being healthier mentally. Absolutely. And, you know, and there's been just to kind of go on this quick tangent, um, but there's been so many more kind of research articles as far as like peer interventions um, for like both dads and moms um, post delivery. Um, and so I'm also hoping that, you know, here in the next you know decade, at least we can get the word out as far as there's so many resources and increased support for for families. So hopefully we can see those those improvements here. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think families really struggle postpartum. Yeah. Okay. Good. And then, so just this kind of a, a general question, but you know what? Uh, I mean, we all know that that sleep is is helpful for us, but you know, especially for kids, why is why is sleep so important for their you know, overall growth and development. Right. And I think you just hit like the the nail on the the head. I think that's the, the cliche. Um, it's overall, right? Um, once you start to see, once you start working with a family and the kiddos are, are having that sustained sleep, right? You, it's especially, honestly, like all the age ranges, but one of like the coolest parts, right, is like your, your infants, all of a sudden, almost like within like the first few days, babies start to begin to hit those like developmental milestones that the families were like, why? Like, why aren't they like rolling yet? What, what, what I'm doing all the things we're doing all the practices. And then once they start having that, like sustained sleep, like all of a sudden that, that baby, whatever, like, I think those little synapses in his brain was just like waiting to, to have that opportunity to kind of like grow and connect. So overall, so many benefits as far as helping to improve sleep. So we've got development we've got immune immunity purposes right um like as adults we know if we are worn down we're not sleeping or the odds that we are going to get sick are, are are higher right than if we were to be having um more sustained sleep so um immunity behavior regulation your school age kids toddlers preschoolers you know if they are having more disruptive sleep kindness they're just hot little messes you know kind of throughout the day um, uh, cognition is improved with our sustained sleep. And that's, I think, really, that applies for all of us, um, no matter the age. So there's so many benefits um, to having improved sleep for, for kiddos, for sure. Completely agree. 
completely agree. Okay. So, um, all right. So for, you know, we've, we've covered some, you've, you provided some kind of actionable tips that people can, can think about when improving their kids' sleep. Do you have any, anything else that you, you know, would mention just, uh, kind of general tips that are applicable to a lot of different ages and stages? So I was trying to think of like just like one tip, right? And I, I struggle because kind of like we were talking earlier about sleep hygiene. There's no like secret sauce, right? And so it kind of just depends on like the family dynamic, family's goals and, and what's going on with the kiddo. Um, but one thing that I would love for parents to take away is just allow for grace um, and to wake up each day with like, you know, like a fresh kind of attitude. Today's a fresh start. You know, last night may have been just a hot mess. Um, you know, the day before, the weeks before, months before, um, y'all may be struggling, but today is a fresh new day. And just to kind of like give yourself that, that permission to, you know, feel frustrated with the past, but the past is the past. Today's new. And like moving forward, you know, you can begin to create like those healthy sleep habits. Um, we talked about consistency. We talked about routine. Um, and one thing that we didn't talk about, and especially helpful of our school age kid, is to celebrate those small wins. Sometimes when you're in the thick of it, it's it's hard to see those small wins. And so that's another kind of like benefit of working with a sleep coach because, you know, we are kind of removed from the situation. We are able to kind of get a good overview of what's going on and to help you identify, oh my goodness, your kiddo slept for three hours straight last night. And before, like it had been six months since they slept, you know, that long. Um, and so sometimes like it, it's helpful just to celebrate and give yourself kudos, give your child kudos for getting those like small wins, because I tell you what, those small wins do accumulate. And then all of a sudden your kiddo's sleeping seven hours through the night. And then, you know, sometimes I think too, like parents be like, oh, then I was waking up because I was like, are they, are they okay? Or, or, or should I go in and check? I think they're sleeping, but, but it's been seven hours. So all of a sudden, before you know it, we've got that sustained sleep habits and um, it, it's a win. So I don't have a secret one kind of amazing tip. It kind of just depends on the families. But um, for sure, just allow yourself grace and and celebrate those successes, I think, are two yeah. big ones. That is fantastic advice. And it's it's funny just listening. It's kind of fascinating listening to the parallels between adult sleep and, and pediatric sleep when it comes to coaching. because where we coach people on the same things. Like I, you know, a lot of times when people are having, you know, dealing with really bad sleep issues, they're hard on themselves. Like, why can't I just sleep? And, and they're, they're just so hard on themselves. So I coach them on kind of self-compassion, kind of giving themselves that grace. And also, like you said, when you're in the thick of it, you you might miss those small wins. So, oh, maybe I, I woke one less time le last night than usual or something like that. But when you can't see the forest through the trees. So you're just, you're so focused on the negative that you can't see those little positive nuggets in there. So, okay. So there's, yeah, a lot of similarities. I think so too. And I think um, kind of stopping the spiral, right? Or, you know, kind of like working through that and realizing that like today, maybe, you know, today was not so great, but tomorrow, tomorrow will be better. Um, and and we all have those days, right? Like even awesome sleepers. Mm -hmm. Sometimes there's just a rough day. And that's okay. Let's move on. Okay. Okay. We have we're on the on the same page. So <laughs> glad Absolutely. to We just did the same book. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, okay. So for parents out there who may be struggling with their kids' sleep right now, 
um, you know, they're, they're kind of wondering where to turn. Like, what would you, what would you recommend they consider if they're thinking about working with a sleep coach or, you know, what, what steps would you recommend that they go through if they are stuck in that stage where they're just, you know, they don't know where to turn next? Absolutely. Well, I think, you know, setting up like a free consultation um, via our website, our website. And, and Seth, I know I told you earlier, but I love our website. Um, so just going to sleepably.com um, and then you can kind of visit. I think we've got quite a few resources on there too. But um, if you want to just set up like a, a free time to chat, um, we can do a 15 minute consultation and I can learn more about like what's going on with you, you know, kind of things that you've tried, what's worked, what's not worked and, and what your goals are. Um, and then that way we can kind of set up like a personalized action plan um, and see if like sleep coaching is a good fit. Um, so I, those are your, that's, that's your best bet. Okay. And I'll, I'll echo that. I've heard from many, many people who've worked with Sarah and they um, are all, they've, you know, I've seen the transformation they've gone through where they're, you know, they were in this place where their kid was sleeping poorly. They were sleeping poorly. They're frustrated. And uh, like we talked about lack of couples time and everything. And so to watch them, you know, where they're at now, they're all very, it seems just the relief is very palpable. You can just, you can see how relieved they are. So, um, yeah, I would recommend just, just talking with Sarah and uh, just seeing, you know, let it, giving her an idea of what's going on with you and seeing if she might be the right fit for you. But I think that's a great first step. Absolutely. And then, you know, to a big fan of, you know, kind of community partnerships with like working with your pediatrician, um, you can always, you know, reach out to your, your medical provider, your pediatrician, um, and just to make sure that we're ruling out any kind of like physical anomaly. Um, anytime, especially goodness right now, right? There's so many sick kids. And so um, making sure that we're not looking, you know, is like ear pain. Um, are we looking, you know, any kind of like sleep obstruction or airway obstruction? Um, is that the cause um, of these, you know, kind of sleep issues? Is it physical? Once physical has been ruled out, um, then absolutely. Um, but let's, let's see how I can help you. See how I can help everyone. Some sleep. Good advice. Good advice. Okay. Well, Sarah, I think that is all the questions I have for you today. Is there anything else you'd like to add? I think we covered a wide range of topics, but anything else you'd like to add before we sign off today? Um, Probably just like working alongside you and Sleepily over the last three years has just been so rewarding and so much fun. And so I, I really appreciate like what what we've done over the last few years. So. Same here. Same here. And the excited part is we're all going to keep helping more people and getting better at what we do. So it's all good from here. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yes. Thank you so much, Sarah. And uh, yeah, look forward to seeing the other cool things that you keep doing going forward.